Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back in. You were listening to the August 31st, 2018 episode of the Fantasy Football Mailbag. A word of his podcast dedicated to answering all of your fantasy football questions. And we are brought to you by the folks over at the RotoQL. Start picking teams like the pros. I'm your host, Jeremy Hart of Fantasy Gumshoe, and joining me today on the show is the new senior writer for The Athletic. That's at The Athletic FF, the ad-free fantasy content for and written from all-star writers. I'm pretty sure that makes this fella an all-star. Of course, he is an all-star. He is literally the top ranker from the Fantasy Pros contest, not to mention he's just about a straight all-around good dude. Welcome back to the show, Jake Seeley. You already find him on the tweets, at All In Kid. It is great to have you back on the Mailbag Show. Jake, my man, what's good? Yeah, I appreciate that. I, I kind of I thought that you were going to start singing some Smash Mouth to me or something. You know, I was thinking about it, but, you know, that's like 19, it's two nineteen ninety. Is it 1990s or was that 2000? I feel uh, like I'm old. Oh, uh, I think it was late. I don't know. I think it was, now gonna, and, hey, look, the Google machine, this is what it's good for. Smash Mouth, All-Star. <laughs> I just know it was, it was in Shrek, so I know that. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. It was Kids Bop, 2001, All-Star is 1999, May 4th, 1999. You went to Shrek. Anytime I hear All Star, I go to Rat Race. It was like the redo of the the old eighties movie where everybody decides they're gonna go run and try to try to win a million dollars for some sort of contest. You remember that one? <laughs> no. Oh, that, I don't. I don't remember that one. That that was an excellent one. Rowan Atkinson's in it with Mister. He, he's the old school Mister. Bean. Well, he has some sort of uh, disability in in this, or he just falls asleep on command. Like out of nowhere, he'll just fall asleep. And when he's going for the million dollars, he's right there. He's almost about to get the million dollars, and all of a sudden you hear, <laughs> and of course it's Mr. Bean fell asleep for the million dollars. But hopefully, Jake, nobody's going to fall asleep while we answer all this off-season questions for the week regarding dynasty trades, player and team outlooks, off-season prep, you name it. But before we do dive right in, Jake, I mean, we obviously have to talk about what's all the haps over at The Athletic. So how'd the site came about? What's it all about? Who's on board? And what can we expect from the upcoming season? Yeah, it's it kind of was a couple months ago. Originally, the athletic came to me for baseball season. It was like, "Hey, you want to write an article once a week?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure, why not?" And they kind of said, "Well, hold off on that. We we thought it was a good idea, but hold off." And then they <laughs> decided they were going to announce and launch the entire channel, the fantasy channel on the athletic with myself, Nanda Defino, and as you see, there's a staff with Michael Salfino and Renee Miller and Emery Hunt and. David Gonzalez, you kind of got like every single angle. Like Renee Miller's doing like the brain science behind it. Salfino's got the stats. Gonzalez, all the fun stuff. Emery Hunt, a former running back from the scout perspective. So it's just, you're getting like every angle you could think of 
all in one place. A credit to Nando for building the team that he did, and of course it started with me. So the definite credit to Nando for picking on me. That, that, that was that was smart by him. But you know, look, the Athletics saw what they had with uh, me, and they put us together, and it, it's really great over there. It's a lot of fun. It's it's funny now seeing the tweets and the people joking about it, saying like, "Oh, who's the Athletics sign now?" Because I had that same feeling about two months ago. I was like, "Man, the <laughs> Athletics just signing everybody," but now I'm one of the people. So now I kind of. It's like, well, you're taking a shot at me, but you're kind of not. Like, I appreciate it, but I don't. But it's, it's just fun. It's nice to be there. No, I'm really looking forward to all the season. You guys are going to just pump out this off season, as you mentioned this this season, not just off season. Uh, every perspective you can think of from an FF fantasy perspective. Really looking forward to that. There, I mean, you, you're famous, right? So let's talk about some of the famous Jakes of all <laughs> yeah. time. I mean, we've got a list here. We're going to stack rank these, Jake. So here, here we go. Okay, we've got Jake Arrieta, uh, formerly of the Cubs. Here we've got Jake Taylor calling his shots. We got Jake the Snake Roberts. I mean, who doesn't remember? Jake the Snake Roberts. So I don't know. Right. The, half right. of the audience is, is probably younger than us. So we'll, we'll see who actually knows who it is. Uh, none other than, of course, the famous Jake Seeley. Uh, Jake Gillenall, the movie star. We've got Jake Ryan, who, uh, of course, was the, the, the boo, the bow, right? In, uh, 16 Candles for also for these old folks out there like me. And <laughs> then, uh, Jake Soley, uh, was, of course, the character in just the critically acclaimed computer generated avatar. So, uh, what say you? Uh, I think uh, what I say is you left a people, couple people out. You left Uh-oh. out Jake Plummer, Jake DeGrom, who's pitching tonight as we're recording this and actually has the only run. He actually drove in the only run for the game. Uh, TD Jakes, you left out TD Jakes, man. Jake Reed <laughs> from the Vikings. Like, you left out a couple good Jakes here. Uh, leaving out Jake DeGrom is pretty freaking egregious. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta admit, that's pretty bad. That's pretty I bad. Thought, wait, wait, so who was the Sully that landed the plane upside down? I thought that's, was that not Jake Sully? Because I forgot when you said Jake Sully that maybe you reminded me that was the Jake Sully from Avatar. So what was the Sully's first name of the guy who landed the plane upside down? You was know, I, Jake? I, I thought it was Jake. Am I wrong? No, no, I'm saying you got it right for Avatar. And now I don't know what, see, like, Sully pilot. Like, look, Google machine again. Uh, oh no, that was Sully Sullenberger. Sully was his nickname. Alright, so, okay, he's not a Jake, so he doesn't count. You know, plane, flying planes upside down is not Jake. Uh, I gotta <laughs> say, Jake DeGrom needs to be near the top, along with, you know what, I think Jake Reed. I mean, like I said, I don't know how you left him out, especially if we're talking football here. Uh, I would definitely take both of them. I'm a little younger than you because I didn't even know who Jake Ryan was before the show. <laughs> I have, I have not seen 16 Candles. So I would say, oh, no. th- th- yeah, those two because they're athletes and Jake the Snake Roberts. I do. So I was super young when he was around. So I actually do rem- remember Jake the Snake. So I would say you also forgot Jake from State Farm. Oh no! Yeah, yeah, you're right. I'm just, I'm just blowing up in flames over here right from the yeah. start. Jake from State Farm. Uh, you know, and Jake, Jake Plummer. I mean, he was, he's the player's advocate. He is the dude, right? Like he's the one fighting for players' rights and, well, I think cannabis and some other things. <laughs> but... <laughs> he was the gunslinger, man. That's all he was. I gotta tell you, I kind of appreciate you forgetting Jake from State Farm though, because back when that commercial was super popular, it was kind of getting annoying, honestly. Like, I would go to Chick-fil-A, and people, oh, Jake from State Farm. Or, like, I would go anywhere I had to mention my name. They're like, oh, Jake. I was like, yeah, I haven't heard that a million times this week. Well, that's Flo, right? For, yeah, she's she's the one with the the white one. She's the, not the person, <laughs> the company uh, from Progressive. That's, oh, that's, that's Progressive Flo. Insurance. My bad, my bad. Yeah. 
Okay. Look, well, you can't get your Jake straight. You can't get your insurance straight. What the heck, man? Yeah, I, I think we're just gonna Jake. For, uh, we're just gonna flow right over to the next segment where we talk about the thirty percent <laughs> discount for the Rotoviz NFL Pass. You can still get that through the NFL Podcast homepage at rotoviz.com/slash/podcast. Your subscription does not give you unlimited access to Jake Plummer, but it does give you access to all of our premium NFL content, and it supports this pod. You can also support the pod by subscribing to and rating the Rotoviz Radio channel on iTunes. It if you're a fan of the show and you want to sub directly to the Fantasy Football Mailbag feed, do so. It certainly takes hard work getting the show out every week, so do us a solid and hit that rate button. And, of course, we've got the newly acclaimed Rotoviz Radio Network having 10 shows per week via Patreon now as well. Gain exclusive elite access to the Rotoviz Live channel, our weekly Sunday morning uh, video show answering all your fantasy football questions, whether it's you know Dynasty Redraft, it doesn't matter, DFS, we're going to be there for you uh, right before the crunch time for every single Sunday slate there. Patronships started just $5 a month and provide exclusive access to Rotoviz Live. If you go for, I believe, the $6 a month, you're also going to potentially be in the running for some t-shirts and some other cool swag there. So check that out. That's four shows per month on top of 40 podcasts for just $5 a month. Become a Rotoviz patron today to join the elite community of listeners, access premium content, and do your part in helping the network grow and continue to produce high-quality, industry-leading programming. That's Patreon.com slash Radio. And last but not least, if you have any questions you want answered on the show, just email us, rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'll go ahead and get that set up for you as well. All right, Jake. Uh, Jake Seeley, I guess we, we've got you number three uh, all time on the Jake list, so let's dive in and fire up the QQs for the week. Here we go. The first one is a redraft, deep PPR bench. Hey, guys, love the show. We do a deep 24-round uh, draft. So the waiver wire is pretty much non-existent. When we do pick up a guy, it costs $10 per transaction that goes toward the end of the year pot. Can you rank these uh, deep running back stashes in terms of either having the most impact as a potential starter or based on potential weekly production? All right, so we've got Chase Edmonds, Austin Eckler, Matt Breida, John Kelly, James Conner, and Wayne Gallman. And Jake, this isn't, you know, like a 16 round draft we're talking here. This guy's got some deep benches. So where are we going? Yeah, I'm su- surprised at 24 rounds that, like, I-, I guess those are the names that he's going to be drafting anyway. Uh, I-, I always hate those leagues where you have to pay to pick up waivers in the year. I've never been, but in any case, <laughs> um, you know, Austin Eckler's clear. Uh, that, that's that. If Rita was healthy, he'd be there with him. But I think people are just overlooking Eckler for what he can do, even if Melvin Gordon somehow stays healthy for 16 games. I think that Eckler is going to be at least involved in the mix. And if anything were to happen to Gordon, I don't think he's going to be a workhorse like Gordon, but he would take that lead role. Uh, Breed is very similar in the fact that we've, I know a lot of people have been saying, and I agree with it, he could be the Tevin Coleman in that offense for Shanahan. And I think that if, it, if we just knew he was healthy, I actually think it would be a nice conversation between the two. Uh, if anybody's been following me, they know I'm a huge Chase Edmonds fan. Actually, as soon as they drafted him, I said, if anything were to happen to David Johnson again this year, he's going to be an RB2. Like, he's going to lead that backfield. Uh, there's the competition's not even close when it comes to talent. So I would go him third. I would go John Kelly barely over James Conner. Both of those are kind of in the conversation. I mean, look, Gurley and Bell, I mean, are they going to get hurt? I mean, that, you could play that risk with any running back. I, I just, between them, maybe a little bit more hope for me when it comes down to John Kelly over Connor. If like both of them were playing, I could say Kelly slightly. And then when Gallman's last, not that I don't think he would be higher if it wasn't for the situation because he should be the backup. Just a quick, so, so, uh, say Quan Barkley, if I could say his name. 
But this team signed Jonathan Stewart, and its contract almost makes it like, guess what, guys? We're stuck forcing them down people's throats. Despite, despite the fact, I think he has like negative yardage this preseason. Yeah, absolutely. I, I And I'm with you, Austin Eckler. You know, he's going to be one of those guys that he's going to give you more week-to-week production. Of course, he can catapult if Melvin Gordon goes down. But to, to your earlier point, he's going to be involved in the weekly uh, game plan there. I mean, Brita, if he can get healthy, I, I think he's in that same boat. And then, of course, Edmonds, Kelly, Connor, uh, those are more of, you know, just the, the handcuffs that can catapult up to the RB2 range, uh, like you mentioned there. And I think another one to potentially add to this list, depending on how deep you're going, here, and I know Siegel's been talking about him a little bit on the site as well as Trenton Cannon. You know, he, he's got a, he's the kind of guy that profiles like a like a Tyler Irvin type of play, like a, a scat back with a lot of agility and a good product, uh, collegiate production profile there as well. But I mean, you know, he's the one with less competition in front of him. So there's already some ambiguity in that backfield. It's not super sexy, but as a deep pick, he's somebody that could potentially just, you know, rise to the cream of the crop, so to speak, from a depth chart perspective as well. Uh, the next one here, Jake, we have Dynasty. Any thoughts on C.J. Anderson versus the aforementioned Isaiah Crowell uh, versus Marshawn Lynch, Skittles man this year? I need to rebuild, uh, but opted not to sell these guys yet until the close uh, closer to the season starts here. Not sure if I should be reading into uh, the lack of C.J.A. preseason usage. Yeah, I think I laugh because everybody asked me about C.J. Anderson after 2015 and all the excitement about him. So when it comes down to these three, I'm actually going to go Crowell first mm-hmm. uh, versus like, and uh, you know what? If it's just this year, I think is that the question? Is is that what he's trying to say? Just for this year? Because yeah. that's what it sounds like to me, right? I think he wants to. He, he's looking to figure out who's going to actually have the most uh, trade value here. So I'd assume trade value. Yeah. Ooh. So who's gonna who's gonna basically give the most pop? production-wise, to help him out so, on the trade. Well, that's what I was going to say. For this year, I actually think Lynch is going to be the best performance out of these three. A trade value, I think you probably get the most value out of Crowell right now because he's the lead option. Uh, although Bilal Powell, I wouldn't be surprised, it does more than he does because he's looked better so far. Uh, although we've been waiting for Bilal Powell for years now, and he's kind of frustrated at this point. I would have said C.J. Anderson, but... I guess the Panthers are laughing at us after we laughed at them when they said that Christian McCaffrey is going to get 25 to 30 touches per game. They said, oh, yeah, you think that's funny? Guess what? We're actually going to do it. So uh, C.J. Anderson's been in a battle so far for the number two role with Cameron Artis Payne. So I think a lot of people are worried about that. So I think perception-wise right now, if you're talking about Dynasty, if you're talking about who has more value, especially even after this year, I think Crowell might get you the most. If I was just talking about who gives you the most value if you want to just keep on your team, He's also probably going to get you the least amount of trade, as that's Marshawn Lynch. So I'd be fine holding on for Marshawn Lynch if you're in contention for this season. Yeah, if you're in contention, Marshawn's the way to go. I think, you know, if, if you're looking to make the deal right now, to your point, Jake, Isaiah Crowell is going to have the most standalone value here. But I mean, you know, Marshawn Lynch, as soon as he makes that super sexy run, you know, the, 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 the dreads and the hair flashing all over the place behind his helmet, it just looks good, right? So that could potentially. Plus, he's got his own Skittles now. Yeah, that's right. He's, his face is on the Skittle bag. I mean, if you ever aspired for anything in your life, it would have, it would be to have your face on a Skittle bag. What more can you ask for? Yeah, so I, I mean, I would love to have my face on any food. Uh, lightsaber oh, gummies. Yeah. That would have to be it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we, <laughs> I'm not going to go where I was going to go. Jake. No, I think we should move on. That's very dangerous. <laughs> what are your best and worst purchases you've ever made? Uh, so best purchase was actually a Chevy Camaro. Uh, when the new Camaro came out, I, I saw that on a magazine that it was coming out years before it did, and I wanted one and one and one and one and one. 
And the reason it was my best purchase because this is impossible to do with a car, but I actually made money off of it. That, that, that doesn't happen. Like, so <laughs> when I bought the Camaro, I put 4000 down. When I turned it in a couple of years later when I needed some money and I was kind of done driving the Camaro anyway, because it's, it's definitely not a practical car, <laughs> I actually got 8000 more than I owned. So I made $4,000 off a car. Like, you don't make money off a car. Like, wow. nobody ever makes money off the car. Never. So, yeah, so that has to be my best purchase because it's actually an investment on a car. Who, who would have ever thought of that? Worst is, I would have to say, the 17 beds I've gone through so far, and that's not an exaggeration. I've been trying <laughs> to find a new bed for the longest time, and I've gone through these whole bed-in-the-box sites of the Caspers and the Lisas and the... I was uh, just going to say, I hear Caspers pretty good. Yeah, no, I, I've gone through so many, so they're like, I, I'm obviously very picky, but, and I'm a very hot sleeper. I'm having trouble finding anything that's comfortable enough and that I don't sweat through my clothes. So yeah, I, I, I would say every single mattress I've had so far has been the worst purchase. But I'm not exactly, I've gone through 17 sites so far. What what about like the 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 microfiber you know like you can get like maybe like a uh, a Japanese uh, floor futon to put over the top of the mattress does anything like that work you know they they got those uh memory no, I cushion tried that pads purple-y, the the last disc one that's like you know it's supposed to be super like you do the egg test and all that stuff and it's not supposed to be hot at all no <laughs> that, that one was just I ended up getting somehow I was getting cramps when I had that one so I don't, I don't know. Oh boy, I I uh, I just wish you a good night's sleep, Jake. That's all I wanted. For nothing else comes That's out of the show. <laughs> I, I just want you to get a good night's sleep, especially with the season ramping up. I mean, you got a lot on your plate coming up here. I mean, somebody, if you're out there and you are in this industry, hook this man up with a nice bed. Uh, moving on from there, uh, keeper question from the forums. 12-team PPR rounds uh, don't matter for keepers. I can keep one from either Josh Gordon, Sammy Watkins, or Jay Ajayi. Uh, Josh Gordon, not even a question at this point. Yeah, I understand. Oh, he's quote unquote not starting week one. Okay, so he doesn't start, and he's out there the second series, and it still gets fifty snaps anyway. I mean, we're talking about potential here of who these people has the potential to be a one at their position. Josh Gordon has the potential to be a wide receiver one, and don't get me started on Jay Ajayi anyway. I mean, we're ignoring the fact that he's bone on bone. He looked hurt at the end of last <laughs> season, and especially in the playoffs, he looks hurt again. He actually is hurt again already this preseason. Doug Peterson loves the committee running back. I, I don't understand. I tweeted that out earlier today because I don't understand how his ADP is inside the top 40. Full, full disclosure, I do like JHI only because I think, and it, this is where it's tough because it's it's hard. It's it's not as projectable, but I, I well, he is injured, so you got a point there, but I mean, I don't see how they don't give him more workload this year, only because they can't be as efficient as they were in the past game last year, so they're going to have to lean to the run a little bit more, and even if they are in a committee, I don't mind them in, in the fifth round there, but I, I'm not going to keep them over Josh Gordon. I'm, I'm definitely with you from the keeper perspective. It's got to be Josh Gordon here as well. Yeah, I can see that. All right, redraft is Saquon in a void right now in the mid to late first, given the soft tissue injury. I was going to put him in the top five of my personal rankings, but now I don't think I can draft him at 1.8. For whatever reason, he falls to 2.2. Can I take him there? Also, I know I shouldn't read too much into the preseason, but I kind of want to, is wait for it. Another Christian McCaffrey question here. Is he a better pick than Leonard Fournette (laughs) at this point? All right, first of all, well, you don't want to read into too much, and you're reading into too much with the Saquon Barkley thing. It's a, a minor hamstring injury where he would be playing for this regular season. I'm still taking him at five, uh, I only because the running backs that are there in the second round. I don't like them. I don't like pulling people up that I have to pull up in the second round, and I'm taking a running back in the first two rounds. So if I take Antonio Brown, 
that means I'm pulling up Devontae Freeman or Joe Mixon or somebody like that, which I just don't want to do. Uh, I'm not saying you have to. I'm just telling you, I'm still taking Saquon Barkley fifth off the board. Uh, if he's there at 1-8, there's no question. Uh, if he somehow is in the second round, that's absurd that he's even there in the second round. Was Christian McCaffrey's absurd the other way. We just joked about it with the whole Christian McCaffrey and this team said, ha-ha, we're going to use him 25 to 30 times a game, and we all laughed and said there's no way. And they've come out this preseason and given him like 95% of the first team snaps <laughs> in all their games so far. So I will say this. Christian McCaffrey over Fournette, I would not do as of today. If they insist on using him this way and somehow don't get him killed by doing so, somehow he plays 16 games and doesn't end up like the kid from Not Another Teen Movie where he's split in half, uh, then you know what? <laughs> he will be a better pick than Leonard Fournette. But that's a lot of risk because, one, it's either you don't buy that he's really going to get that many touches, or, two, if he does, he's going to get killed. And I, I think that it's one of those two scenarios. With you across the board, 100% here. All right, Jake, if you had to become an inanimate object for a year, what <laughs> object would you choose to be? I overlooked this question. I didn't even see this one here. Uh, <laughs> I have to say what I'm using right now, a computer, because I would just have all the information. I would have all the information in the world. That's I would know everything. You know what? You and Elliot Chris last week also said computer. And there are only two that this year so far have said computer. So really? I think you guys have already become computers. I mean, you're the top ranker. I mean, he's he's just <laughs> flying on top of the world right now. So I think you guys are hiding something. I think you guys are already computers taking over the fantasy world. That's going to be I like think. Westworld. You're going to peel off my skin and find <laughs> there's really something underneath. <laughs> Oh jeez, uh, I'm gonna go to the Terminator here at some point, but I probably uh, I will, we'll just move on from there. Terminator uh, redraft .5 PPR drafting this weekend and have a late first. My plan is to draft a running back and then a wide receiver, but there's a chance I end up with two running backs depending on who falls. So between Melvin Gordon, Kareem Hunt, and Leonard Fournette, can you rank these guys in order of least to most bust risk? Yeah, I'm going to say, wow, most bust, I think it's Fournette because of the ankles. And the ankles go all the way back to college. And now it's a different ankle, and he's already missed time in the NFL. So it's really what it comes down to it is just it's it's the injury factor with him. So I would say him first, and then second behind that. I, if I was ranking the, all, all three of these guys played for the same team, Hunt would have the least factor. But because he plays for Andy Reid, and we saw Andy Reid screw around with him last year, and then needing Nagy to set him straight and then fix everything. Well, Nagy's gone now. And so that that's my only concern is that he starts screwing around with him again. And it's like one bad game for Kareem Hunt and all of a sudden it's Spencer wear time. So I would actually say Fournette's the biggest bunts, Hunt second potential, and then Gordon. But I tell you what, if you're at the back end of the first round and you start with those two, two, uh, two of those three, I actually love that start. Yeah, you, you really can't go wrong because the receivers are still plentiful in rounds four and five there as well. So, yeah, the, no qualms with taking a couple of these guys at the late first and early second as well. Uh, Dirty Sexy Time, Marry or Kill, the AMC of all time shows edition. Um, you haven't see, seen 16 Candles, Jake, so I'm going to hold no. you to that. But I'm hoping I don't run into something where you haven't seen any of these shows. So here well. we go. Oh, boy. <laughs> so we've got, we've got Breaking Bad, The Walking Dead, and Mad Men. Seen it, seen it, haven't. Oh, <laughs> I haven't seen no. Mad Men. But I know what it is, at least. But no, I have never watched Mad Men. Uh, so... Well, this isn't, it has nothing to do with the fact that the people in it are dead, but The Walking Dead would be killed just because it's been miserable for the past few seasons. Like, I was <laughs> never that big of a fan to begin with because my biggest complaint about The Walking Dead was it starts, you know what? I'm going to change my answer because this makes sense for it. 
it's probably the dirty sexy time because it's really cool at first and then you're tired of it. And then like there's some reason that you get brought back in and you think it's going to be a good idea and then you get back into the cuz what I'm going to say is <laughs> the way it has always been, even go back to season 1 for me, is that the first two or three episodes are great, you get hooked and then you fall asleep for the middle part and then you wake back up and it's great again at the end and it gets you hooked for the next season and it does the same thing over and over and over again and now it's just completely gone downhill. So I'll say that uh Mary Breaking Bad despite the fact I was not a fan of the second season mostly just because I I can't stand that Ritter girl or whatever her name is Jessica Jones girl. I just I just don't like her as a person. So I guess that leaves I have to kill Mad Men because I haven't seen it. So that, that that's how it works out. <laughs> I don't like Jessica Jones either. <laughs> But they, yeah, what's her real name? I don't know. Whatever it is, I don't know. I, I, I don't I can't like her enough her. to remember. Like, I I wouldn't watch Jessica Jones because of her. That whole like when I found out she was or when she started on the second season of Breaking Bad, I skipped all those episodes and read. I read the synopsis of all the episodes. I refused <laughs> to watch those episodes. Now I would have said you would have said Mad Men is the kill just because inherently you hadn't seen it, right? So like well, that's well, what I said. Yeah, yeah. That's why I switched. I switched because it was dirty, sexy time for The Walking Dead. So The Walking Dead is basically just like a bad decision you make every single yes. Sunday, but you're so invested in the bad decisions you keep just you, you keep doing it. Although I would break up with like 10 times. That'll be different this time. Nope. Same I, damn crap it's always been. For the first time, I actually have some promise for Fear the Walking Dead. I like a couple of the cast members in that, and I like this whole uh, convergence that they're going to have between the two. So, like, I, you know, I'd like to see some of the main characters from Fear the Walking Dead make it over to the Walking Dead and even kind of go that way. So we'll see. We'll see. But uh, Mad Men, my man, Jake, I mean, literally the, the best dramatization, characterization you will see in modern history on a show, bar none. Mm, no, the best show on TV is Final Space. fans, Jeremy Hart, Road of His Radio. Do you want an unfair advantage to dominate your fantasy football league? Well, of course you do. Well, look no further and download SquadQL, the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals this year. SquadQL recommends the best starting lineup for you each week based on your starters, bench players, and free agent pool. Now, you may ask, how does SquadQL actually do this? Well, I'm going to tell you, the app connects directly with your Yahoo, ESPN, and CBS leagues, pulling in your actual roster on your league scoring system. SquadQL provides waiver and trade recommendations, plus the app gives you your player rankings each and every week, and it's also based on your league settings. SquadQL truly is your go-to app this fantasy football season. Head to SquadQL.com. Download SquadQL, your all-in-one fantasy football manager. SquadQL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, the leading daily fantasy lineup optimizer trusted by 100,000 DFS players. You can also download RotoQL for free for both Apple and Android. All right, Jake, if you were given full reign to redesign the food pyramid, not as a walker, of course, what would it look like? Uh, yeah, so the smallest one, I don't even know how the pyramid works. I looked it up and I'm still confused. I don't know, <laughs> like the top is supposed to be what you're supposed to eat the most, but then it's the smallest, por- I don't know, whatever. 
So I'm going to just rank them because that's what I rank. So the least amount of things you would have to eat are veggies. That would just be the bottom. And and then <laughs> I would put like the I know milk and grains are on two different levels for the normal food period. But I would put those together because I could do with them. If I never ate them, I wouldn't be like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. So then it would come down to the top three. So the next would be steak, chicken and fats, like all that stuff together would be next. And then above that would be to its own because it deserves its own food pyramid level is pizza. And then the top one that you could eat the most of and would be the most healthy for you, which, you know, if I could ask, get to heaven and ask God, this is like, why didn't you make candy and snacks like the nutrient? Like, why are the vegetables the most disgusting thing in the world that's the best for you? And why is the most delicious stuff the worst for you? So the, the, the number one thing would be like Sour Patch Kids and Twizzlers and Starburst and you know, Snickers and Reese's peanut butter cups, like that would be like you you could just consume all of that and be awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there as well. I mean, I, I there's nothing better than a lifesaver gummy and you know, give me lifesaver gummies, Jake, and give me caramellos. Like you give me those two things for the rest of my life. <laughs> You're way out there. <laughs> I know, right? Caramellos. And maybe and here here's Do they something still make those? Like, oh, I yeah. feel like those are the things that you always find stuck in the couch. Like, oh, look, there's a caramello <laughs> in the couch. I can confirm you can probably find them stuck in my couch or my teeth, one of one of the you two. You know what? i got to go back real quick. Not just pizza. All Italian food should have its own, like, like chicken parmesan. That should just have its own level. There's this uh, English broadcast I was watching. I don't remember how it came about. It. I think I found it on YouTube, actually. This lady is going through and, and basically just trying to recreate and re uh, basically learn all the old pasta recipes and, and techniques from, from her grandmother and her friends and broadcasting them out there. So kids these days don't lose sight of these things because these are the type of traditions that are just dying in today's day and age of Michelina's bus wheels and micro waveable pizzas, right? That like we're losing <laughs> the best food that's ever been made. And I mean, you talked about pizza. Like, is there any more versatile food out there than pizza? There, there isn't. I mean, buffalo chicken, barbecue pizza chicken. I mean, uh, it, just jalapeno pizza, mushroom. It, it, actually, I hate mushroom. It, you don't no, put mushroom you're, on pizza. You're still okay, though, as long as you don't say pineapple. No, pineapple does not. Like, it doesn't. <laughs> It should never go on a pizza. I was right? about to say fruits don't belong on a pizza, but then you get the people talking about tomatoes and all that. So, okay, citrus fruits don't belong <laughs> on a pizza. Fair enough. All right, waiver strategy here, Jake. Uh, one of the biggest things I struggle with early season is blind bid waiver money, when to spend it, uh, when not to spend it, and how much is too much. I tend to not want to overreact to a week one performance from a guy that maybe everyone has the backup, uh, as a, has as the backup, but started the season with with a big game or a secondary wide receiver that was lower in the rank. So I guess maybe there's a couple scenarios I can ask with. So a lot to unpack here from this question, Jake. So he yeah. goes on to talk about here, if a running back goes down, what percentage of the cap would you give for the backup? If he goes down for two to three weeks, what percentage of the cap would you give? And same thing for quarterback, same thing for wide receiver, tight end, et cetera. So basically, they, you know what, Jake? I mean, we could literally create an entire 30-minute show just on this subject yeah. because it does have the least amount of content out there. And so, like, what's the rhyme or reason? What's the methodology behind it? Yeah, and uh, so I'll give an answer, but to start with it, it is all relative. I mean, because it really depends on your roster makeup and how bad you need somebody. And if you are the person that lost the running back or you lost the wide receiver, like let's say Marquise Lee had this injury in week one and Keelan Cole is sitting out there. Well, obviously, being the lead owner, you're going to be more aggressive to somebody that might have, you know, wide receivers like John Brown and 
uh, heck, even like uh, Jordy Nelson on your bench. You know, so it's, it's, it is all relative. But all that being said, I don't want to like not answer the question. Um, if it is a direct backup, let's go back to the David Johnson, Chase Edmonds situation or the James Conner or something like that where you you know the running back that's stepping in is going to get the bulk of the touches. Uh, then it really comes down to you have to know your league. Again, it's all relative because some leagues are more aggressive than the other. That's why I actually used to put out in my waiver column the budget that I would spend out of 100 bucks. And I stopped doing that because, you know, if you're in, like talking to you, like you're in a league where <laughs> you guys on average will spend 10 to 15 dollars on any random free agent throughout the year. And my league spends five to six. I tell you to spend 12 bucks. Well, for me, that might be twice as much as anybody in my league spends. So in any case, to go back to it, I would say just know that you have to be aggressive, like know what your league typically spends. And I would expect it to spend if you have a running back that shows up like that. At any point in the season, you're probably looking at 30 to 40 percent, if not more, of your budget because you know the person's coming in and is going to be a definitive starter. Same thing for the wide receiver. If it was that Keelan Cole situation with Marquise Lee, you look at 34. I'd say 30, 40 percent if the person is going to be a definitive starter. After that, it, like I said, I really hate to give this as an answer, but it depends on what you need. You know, for somebody that might just be a backup on your bench, five, maybe 10 percent, and if you miss out on it, okay, well you probably run into a guy like that again. If you need somebody to start because you suffered a couple of injuries or bad luck or your guys are underperforming, you might have to go 10 to 15%. So, as you said, it's like a 30-minute conversation that I'm trying to put into two minutes. <laughs> now, and I think that's about the most scientific way to explain an unscientific methodology, really. You're right. right. I mean, it is all relative. I mean, and, and at the end of the day, what we're doing here with our waiver budget here is we're, we're, we're targeting targets. We're targeting opportunity. Like, can you project it going forward? Or was this something a little bit more of a mirage? And, and you know, you don't necessarily see this as something that's going forward. And to your early your point again, I mean, if it's going to be something that is only going to be short term, I mean, how much does that short term gain mean to you? If it means a lot to you because it's week 12 and you're heading into week 13 and you are four points behind the wild card uh, slot, then you, whatever you got left, you know what I mean? Make it happen. So yeah, it's, it's definitely relative there. This next one though, Jake, is hopefully a little bit less relative. Any preference <laughs> with fifth round running backs between Tevin Coleman, Lamar Miller, and Rex Burkhead? Also, is Royce Freeman now in this range? Uh, no, Royce Freeman's ahead of that range. Oh uh, boy. So yeah, Royce Freeman, I've uh, been, I had as an RB2 as soon as he was drafted and he's been on a constant move up my rankings. He's now inside my top 20. Uh, I feel more confident with Royce Freeman than I do any of those three because Devin Coleman's the back half of the split. Obviously, Devontae Freeman insists on running head first into everything and is probably going to get another concussion. But what if somehow he plays 15, 16 games? He's going to be an RB1. That's the, that's what the downfall and the upside is at the same time with Devontae Freeman. So Devin Coleman's the second half of the split. Rex Burkhead's part of a backfield of the Bill Belichick Patriots, which I hate being involved with, obviously, I would love, like, if you gave me all of them at zero cost and just said pick one, I would take Burkhead, but I don't want him in the fifth or sixth round because Sonny Michelle's going to come back despite his knee issues. James White's still the pass catching. Like, James White is the person I end up with the most, if I know anybody, because he's going for free in PPR leagues despite the fact that he finished inside the top 30. So I, I don't know what people have a problem with James White. But so it comes down to Lamar Miller. And I'm not the biggest Lamar Miller fan. Last year, when they drafted Deontay Foreman, I said, Deontay Foreman is going to take the lead role and push Lamar Miller into a Tevin Coleman-type role. But 
Deontay Foreman's probably starting the season on the pup list, which means six weeks with no Deontay Foreman. And now you're talking about Alfred Blue and the rest of the options that there. So Lamar Miller, as of right now, for me, is the top of those three. But again, Royce Freeman is definitively the one I would take over all of them. Yeah, you're getting me really excited about Royce Freeman. I loved him as a prospect. I still had a little bit of question marks in terms of usage this year, but I mean, yeah, you putting him above this tier right there, I mean, definitely tells me all systems go here. I mean, I, I like this whole tier. I also, I mean, I've taken Coleman, I've taken Miller, I've taken Burkhead in best balls. Uh, Royce Freeman, unfortunately, I didn't get enough of, even at the cheaper price. So, I mean, that's just a lad, that's a leaky process right there, but I mean, uh, this is just one of those things with like, y- y- you mentioned it, right? Like, it's there's ambiguity in the backfield. Just take the cheapest piece, and you take a yep. James White as the epitome of that right there. So, I mean, I think that's just a sound strategy right there. Um, I should have been doing a little bit more of that. Lamar Miller, the just the unsexy pick, but, like, you know exactly who's going to get the touches there. So how do you not, not like that in that range as well? Uh, Royce Freeman in his top 20. There we go. All right, Jake, uh, Shark Tank app idea that does not exist today. Yeah, I'm glad you reminded me of this beginning of the show, and I actually came up with it. I think this is... I don't know how you would implement it, and it's going to sound sexist because this is only for guys. But this is this is like a bajillion I, million dollar idea. Like I'm telling you, so an app that before your text is sent to a girl, other girls see it and judge it and tell you if it's too sappy, too corny, too aggressive, too whatever. Like so, it's kind of like a filter before you send a text because everything's text message these days. And you're trying to talk to a girl and you come across weird in text because, like I said, it's one of those things like you sound too needy or you sound, like I said, like too like lovey-dovey and people, you know, the girls, it's like so hard to figure out what the hell that they're thinking and to begin with, let alone what they're thinking about your text. Some type of app where they can, even if it's by emojis, they just judge your text and be like whether or not you need to edit it before you send it to a girl. You just solved the riddle. That is by far and away the best response we've gotten all year i mean <laughs> you you are literally taking the crowdsource method yes. to to love i mean in in the app i mean i feel like before this show ends you need to go patent this before uh, you know the thousands of well, people this is listen. on air this is there so patented by jake steely what is august 31st 2018 i'm going to start working on it so nobody else can take it there you go Done. we we got a name <laughs> it's crowd love that's the app crowd love crowd love there you go you came up with the name so you get royalties yes 10 percent can I get can I get a ten on it? Can I get five on it at least? Uh, we'll see. Yeah, you can definitely get five on it. All right, all right. Shout out to Loonies there. All right. Uh, uh, thank you. I'm glad you had that. <laughs> strength of season and bye weeks on draft day. All right. So how much do you put into strength of season on draft day? Is it more of a tiebreaker, or are you trying to target guys with softer schedules in general? Also, can you talk to player bye weeks? Do you care about them, or also use this as a tiebreaker? I've heard some say it doesn't matter, and I've heard others say that they strategically target guys with the same bye week if possible to limit the impact over the course of the season. Jake, what are your yeah. thoughts on this? overall so strength season strength of schedule is bunk and i talk about that every single year stop paying attention to it a perfect example is let's talk about last season let's talk about the beginning of the year people said "Ooh, look the falcons get the saints twice in the playoffs and then you get to the playoffs and oh that's not a good thing let's talk about the fact that the giants at the beginning of the season something you didn't want to face and at the end of the year it was load up your players against the giants so it's not even just the beginning of the season, it's within season these things change. There's so much turnover, there's so much coaching change, scheme changes, player changes within the season from health, from injuries, whatever it may be, that strength of schedule is garbage to me. But 
strength of opponent matters. And when I say the difference there is who does who does the wide receiver face? Who does the running back face in that front four and potentially front seven, depending on who you're facing? That's it's an aspect of strength of schedule, but it's strength of opponent. And that's why I like I start calling it SOO. That's a, I've been doing that for years. And one of the perfect examples is I talk about Brandon Cooks a lot this offseason. And I talk about the fact that strength of opponent this year, who he's slated to face, and I know not all of them are going to be shadow corners, but it still matters. He's facing eight of the top 10 corners from Pro Football Focus last year. He's facing 12 inside the top 50. That is a ridiculous strength of opponent. So you can use that. But strength of schedule just to say, oh, the Jaguars are the best defense, that that goes back to the Giants and the Saints examples. You don't take the team as a whole. Take their pieces. That's the important part. Uh, the, the, the bye week thing is, I, I'm glad you said that second part, is I don't pay attention to bye week at all in my draft until I get to the middle point of the draft. And if I find myself having six out of my first eight picks or five out of my first eight picks with the same bye week, then the tie break starts to show up and I'll be like, you know what? Maybe I just will punt that one week and have 90% of my roster for the rest of the year. Or conversely, you know, if I already have three on bye week nine, I'm in a draft like that right now. And, you know, I'm very close. Let's say Keelan Cole and Devin Funchess are on the board. And I have a bunch of people with the, I think the Jaguars are week 11. So I have like three guys in week 11. I'll be like, you know what? I'll take Funchess just to not load up on that one week. So it's only a tie break. It's not something that's going to move the needle for me. Yeah, with you across the board here as well. I think on a on a SOS strength of schedule perspective here, it it's not necessarily a, a tiebreaker even because you, if you're doing your projections and you of course would know better than anybody else here. I mean that that process at the team level, divvying out from the quarterbacks down to the wide receivers and divvying up the targets and touches and all that jazz. I mean you're you're taking into account you know your, your Vegas odds at the beginning of the year, right? And then you're working there. I mean once you get into the micro level, I mean the strength of schedule, I I guess maybe if you want to take a look at that in terms of, okay, this quarterback drafted with that quarterback probably makes sense because we think we know, and generally we have a good sense of where a good defense or an offense is, so on and so forth. But there's so much parity in the NFL, to your point, that, I mean, there's just so much noise there with the small sample size. Just, you know, project your players and draft your players. That's that's basically the takeaway. All right, uh, better season lightning round. Here we go. Uh, Mike Evans or A.J. Green? A.J. Green because of target share. Yep. Uh, bounce back coming. Incoming for A.J. Green. How about Jordy Nelson or Sammy Watkins? Uh, I'm going Watkins. Jordy Nelson fell off the cliff and hit every damn rock on the way down last year. <laughs> I This one is tough because I normally have Sammy like a little bit, a tier ahead of Jordy, but, I mean, I kind of like the Jordy dude this, this year. Yeah, just, the gap was big. I'll put it this way. The gap was big for me three weeks ago, but preseason usage with both of them, good for Nelson, bad for Watkins, actually has us a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. Fair enough, fair enough. How about Deion Lewis or Tariq Cohen? Deion Lewis. I could actually see Derrick Henry having more touches, but Deion Lewis outscoring him. Agreed. Uh, carry on Johnson or Jamal Williams? I'll take Jamal Williams. Uh, I, I have admittedly said there's a bad scenario for Jamal Williams because of the first two teams he faces where Aaron Jones could come back to a better scenario than he would have faced if he was splitting touches to begin the season. But that being said, the better pass blocker that's important next to Aaron Johnson, Aaron, I was about to say Aaron Johnson, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> and carry on's got two other people to deal with. That's, that's with not even including Amir Abdullah. Charles Clay, OJ Howard. O.J. Howard for me. I, I think that he's going to be the breakout tight end that people is, everybody's focused on Trey Burton and George Kittle. I think that the Buccaneers are going to be kicking themselves for what they paid for Cameron Bray. 
Yep. Yeah, 100%. I mean, they gave him a one-year deal. Don't worry about the multi-year contract. I mean, he's literally guaranteed nothing after this year, folks. This season, yep. <laughs> so, O.J. Howard's a guy. I mean, O.J. Howard, David Njoku, all day, all day, way to tight end, take those guys, and run to the bank. Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson? This is so close. I'm going to take Russell Wilson by a hair. I know his team looks miserable right now, but it was not that great last year. He was still the number one quarterback. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I mean, disclosure: I'm not drafting either of these guys for the cost this year. But I mean, I'll, I'll just take the the larger sample size here and take Russell. I, yeah. despite the the putrid, what I think, it just. It, schematic whatever they're going to have going on there with Schottenheimer I just I don't want any part of it but yeah Russell the only Wilson. one I own I, I own Deshaun Watson in a few uh, like analyst leagues where quarterbacks just fall and fall and fall yeah. and Deshaun Watson made it to like the eighth round and I got him in two drafts in the eighth round but that's not happening in any average league out there uh, and the, you know this the second year for a quarterback is the toughest year for a quarterback in their career like the, you can talk to analysts you can talk to players you can talk to coaches the second year is the toughest year Take a favorite or popular movie, Jake. Change one letter in the title. What's the new plot? What's the new? What's it all about? This is this is another one. I forgot to say. I, I kind of scrolled through the questions, and I was looking at this while we're doing the show too. Is uh, I can't. I gotta go with Jurassic Park with just a bunch of giant oversized dogs walking around and just howling <laughs> and barking at people instead. But like they're all friendly because you know dogs are friendly and they just end up licking you. So it's not even a scary movie to you. I, it could be though. I feel like you could take that title right there and you can turn it in, into the Return of Cujo. Oh, yeah, yeah, you could definitely. Uh, it's like kind of like half skin falling off, like he's almost like a zombie dinosaur, maybe. There, there you go. So it's like The Walking Dead, it's Jurassic uh, Park. It'll be good for the first half hour. The middle of the movie will suck, and then the last 15 minutes will be good. And then we're going to do it all over again the next Sunday yeah. as well. Yeah. Well, hopefully we do it all over again this week. Tuning in to RV Radio, because that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Fantasy Football Mailbag, a Rotovis podcast dedicated to answering your fantasy football questions. If you have any questions you want answered on the RV Mailbag, uh, send them via email, rotovisradio at gmail.com, or on Twitter at rotovisradio. Jake, my man, thanks for carving out the time and coming on the show. Any last-minute plugs? Uh, just follow me at all and get That's the easiest way because I tweet out all the athletic stuff over there. And, you know, I mean, that's where you get everything. That's where you get my articles. That's, I'll tweet out the other people that are working for us and stuff like that, too. That's just the easiest way. I'm not trying to be like, oh, just follow me. But, oh, and I have a new podcast coming out. So uh, stay tuned. There you go on Twitter for when that finally releases. Boom. There it is. Here, here on this show, we, we happen to like podcasts a, a little bit, a lot just of a bit. Little. Just a little, yeah. And uh, make sure out there, uh, follow him on Twitter, as he mentioned, All In Kid. And do not forget to rate and review the show on iTunes. And, of course, sign up for our Patreon. It means a lot. I'm Jeremy Hart at Fantasy Gumshoe. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to Rotoviz Radio. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Fantasy Football Mailbag or Rotoviz Radio feed. Contact us via email, rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think, so follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio and at Fantasy Gumshoe. Tell your friends about us, and do not forget to sign up for a 30% discount through our podcast homepage on rotoviz.com. It's a no-brainer, folks. Thanks for tuning in.
Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.